Hey everybody, I'm Chuck Esposito. He's Jason McCormick. We're here for uh, another segment of Bookends. Wow, we completed week one already. Uh, the dogs were barking a little bit. Uh, they were six, seven, and two with five outright wins. I don't know when the last time we talked about the Jags and the Redskins winning on the same day, but they pulled off pretty big upsets, Jay. Yeah, it was. Uh, those were good games for our side of the counter. Knocked down some teasers, knocked down some of those money line parlays. Um, it wasn't a fantastic week of pro football for us on our side of the counter. There were a lot of winners right. on the public side of the counter. The uh, the biggest bet game with the most tickets was the Bills over the Jets. Um, that got there for the public uh, to go alongside with the Ravens, the Chiefs, uh, the Patriots, Patriots, so right. a lot of the uh, Seahawks. Um, so a lot of the public sides got there, um, including our, our hometown Raiders uh, were able to uh, pull a win out in Carolina. So um, I'd say it was a good week for the betters. Um, uh, betters won, uh, books zero. <laughs> and and uh, and we'll move on. To, we'll move into next week. It was fun, though. I mean, it was fun. I mean, it was a great atmosphere, great crowds. Um, everybody understood the social distancing, um, but it was great to get football here. You could just see there was kind of a an added excitement and buzz in, in all of our sports books, which was uh, which was kind of cool. This week, of course, uh, you know, it kicks off with um, the Battle of Ohio, Bengals Browns, Battle of Number One Quarterbacks, and in Joe Burrow and, and Baker Mayfield. I think it's a much bigger game for the Browns. I think it's a must-win game for them, and I think it's a must-win for Baker. Mayfield. Um, they do have a talented backup. They have Case Keenum, who who has started in this league behind him. You just wonder um, how long they go with Mayfield if he continues to struggle. Well, again, it's it's always tough. I, I said the poor Texans and the and the and the Browns having to start off with the Chiefs and the Ravens. That's a tough ask in, in a week one uh, with lack of preparation. So we'll see what they can come back and bounce back with here. Um, Joe Burrow. Um, a lot of people liked the way he looked. I mean, it looks like Cincinnati, I did. I thought he Cincinnati's really well. found their, their guy. Um, you know, they're not going to be at the bottom of that division uh, for very long if they can get some pieces of the puzzle. He didn't. He looked good, but he didn't play particularly well. I think we talked about he missed uh, all five of his down-the-field right. yeah. passes, so he's got some stuff to clean up. He had a, a real sloppy interception at the end of the game. Even all that said, they had a chance to, to tie the game up at the end of the game with a kick. And uh, But on the Browns' side of the ball, Actually, yeah. Actually, it looked like they had won the game. They yep. called uh, offensive pass interference on A.J. Green. It looked like they had won that game with under a minute to go. The Browns really didn't do anything effectively. The Ravens kind of ran right through them. Um, so, yeah, they need to they need to switch the tide here uh, on this Thursday night, and um, hopefully we'll see some balance and uh, some better offense from them. Well, we brought our, brought our little pet in today because the dogs were, uh, <laughs> were barking a bit, so uh, he's, uh, he's our third member today uh, for, for our segment of bookends. But we're going to dive into uh, week two a little bit. Um, first game on the, on the docket is uh, the Rams and the Eagles. I thought the Rams looked mighty impressive. Um, on Sunday night against the Cowboys. That defense led by Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey just played really, really well. They were dominant that night, and that was one of the games that the public bet the dog. I mean, they rode the dog in that game. It came all the way down from three to, to one and even pick in some spots. Um, the Eagles had their struggles against the Redskins week one, getting beat outright, gave up eight sacks. That Redskin defense was dominant. Now they're going up against a Ram defense. One interesting tidbit, Aaron Donald has a sack against every team in the league except one. He has no sacks in three meetings against the Philadelphia Eagles. They just gave up eight sacks. Interesting prop. Will Aaron Donald get a prop? Get a sack this that week? Sounds. I think. Well, let's get back to the book and, and put it up. <laughs> it I know Chase, Chase Young for the Redskins or the Washington Football Team right. uh, was uh, really disruptive in Carson's Wentz. And we we talked about it before that game though. Um, the Eagles don't have all their pieces of the, pu- of the puzzle. They do get Miles Sanders back. Right. It looks like this week he's practicing. Um, this was an odd game when the line opened because uh, it, it actually opened the Eagles to favor 
Herbert, and we were kind of shaking our heads that uh, that just didn't seem right the way the Rams had, had looked in that game, uh, playing what we thought was going to be a very, very good Cowboy team and, and able to get a win. Um, so, uh, the, But the Rams have moved to the favorite in this game. Um, not not surprised at all, but we'll really see who, who Philly puts on the field this week because it could make a difference. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Now we're going to look at uh, Panthers-Bucks. Um, Panthers, I think, you know, they are what we thought they were. I mean, they, they were they could score some points. We know they had four rookies on defense. I think they were exploited a little bit by the Raiders. Kind of an interesting stat that McCaffrey had half of the touches on um, both receptions and rushing that he had last year in the opening game. So a little bit different mindset there. Um, and, and you look at the uh, the Bucks there. God, maybe no Chris Godwin this week. Mike Evans isn't 100%. And God, Brady's really taking some heat. And today you, you saw Emmanuel Sanders say, it just didn't look like the goat out there. If that's not some bulletin board material uh, for Brady, even his own coach has said, you know, I expect more out of him to, to make better reads. I think he expects more out of himself. This is kind of a game that if Brady wants to get better in a hurry, it's against that Panther defense. Well, we, t- we talked two or three weeks ago about Doc Rivers getting into the Clippers about right. their defensive intensity and, and the Clippers uh, came back after kind of getting lit up by their coach and, and put together one of their best games of the, of the postseason. And I have a feeling that the Bucks are uh, and Tom Brady are going to come out here with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder after that first week. Tough, tough Saints team. I would hope. Tom yeah. Brady looked 43. I mean, he, he right. looked every bit yeah. of it. He struggled with a lot of throws. Again, new team, new offense. Um, you know, I think the same can be said about Carolina. Uh, didn't really struggle on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Matt Rule and that you know, kind of rookie head coach, rookie offensive coordinator. Uh, they were able to move the ball. Raiders defense not awesome. Uh, but Carolina, and we said it before that week one, that we expected the Raiders to light up the scoreboard. That defense is going to struggle. They are young. Um, they had a struggle, struggle stopping the run. Josh Jacobs was fantastic. Um, and if they are, if the Bucks are able to set up a kind of a play-action pass, um, you could see receivers all over the place for the Bucks. Right. Open. I think it was interesting in that game, you know, fourth and one, uh, under two minutes to go. Carolina's driving. They, tro- they chose not to give the ball to Christian McCaffrey. So welcome to the NFL, Matt Rule. Um, Broncos Steelers, uh, I was really impressed with the Steelers. I mean, you would have never known that Big Ben was gone for a year. I mean, all those guys, Chase Claypool and James Washington and Deontay Johnson and Juju with two touchdowns that night. That offense looked back, but that defense was dominant. I mean, Saquon Barkley couldn't do anything that night. So I think the Steelers team, if they continue to, to get better, they're a really, really good team. Might be without James Conner, but but Benny Snell looked terrific with over 100 yards rushing. Um, the Broncos were okay. You know, I think when, when you look at Jerry Judy, had to be their number one guy because Sutton was out. He had two big drops. Not sure if Sutton's going to be back here or not. Uh, they lose Philip Lindsay, but Gordon's fine at running back. It's just the same old Bronco team that they had more losses last year in the last two minutes of a game than any other team. They did it again in this case. So we'll see if they can bounce back. But I was really impressed with the way the Steelers played on Monday night. Yeah, I'll start with the the Bronco game. I, I sent uh, my thank you letter, letter to Stephen Goskowski <laughs> on uh, on all his missed field goals. That was a that was a big game for us in the book. We needed the Broncos bad. It was. bad on Monday night. Uh, yeah, Judy with two huge drops. I think there was another two times during the telecast where they showed where Drew Locke had open receivers that he just missed down the middle of the field just on his progression and reads. Um, so that, that offense is going to get better. Um, the defense hung in there. Uh, Titans, you know, I think that they could have been much more dominant in the game. I think I thought they could have gone to Derrick Henry more and more and more. It looked like they were trying to get that passing game going. And, you know, maybe I upset the Steeler defense. Maybe they heard me say that the Buffalo Bill defense was going to be the best defense in the <laughs> National Football League, and they wanted they to come out. They were awfully good. I think they held. You're, you're right. They held Barkley to six yards rushing, um, which is his his all time low. But they they were absolutely dominant. Um, 
Giants had a chance on that the uh, Daniel Jones going down when they were down in the end zone, I think, in the third quarter, and they got the big interception, and then they kind of opened it up from play there. drive, and maybe the complexion of the game changes, but he had two really bad turnovers that night, Daniel Jones, which kind of piggybacks off what, he, what his problem was last year. Yeah, and I, I, was, I was one that was saying I really liked the Giants Same. in that game. I, I thought that they were a, a live dog um, with Big Ben potentially showing some rust, and um, you know, after about that first quarter, I think they had the fumble by um, Deontay Johnson on the on the punt return, and, and uh, from then on, the Steelers just dominated to the game. Yep, I, I agree. Uh, now we're going to move on to the Falcons and Cowboys. I think kind of a must-win for the Cowboys too, and, and it kind of goes back. Must-win for both, both but, but zero and one. It goes back to last year, where for whatever reason he was so dominant, Dak Prescott against the the, the lower end teams. Anytime he played a good team, and especially on the road, it wasn't the same Dak. And although Ezekiel Elliott had a couple of touchdowns, it looked really good offensively. I didn't think they looked great. Uh, I think Mike McCarthy made a mistake. By not kicking that field goal, you have an opportunity to tie the score. Your defense is playing well. Um, you look at that offense with, with Elliott and, and Gallup and Cooper and, uh, and C.D. Lamb. I mean, they're really talented. They did have a couple of big injuries. They lose Blake Jarwin. They lose Van Der Esch on defense, who's kind of the, the heart of that defense. Um, they are just a talented team, but I think you expect more out of them. I still think they're the best team in that division, um, and it's hard to believe after week one we're talking about the Washington football team as the only undefeated team in the NFL East. Who would have thought that? Um, but I think it is a big game for both teams. Falcons, they could not stop Russell Wilson. Uh, you still have Julio Jones. You've got Gage. You have the emergence of Calvin Ridley right now. So they have some weapons, too. I could see this game be having a lot of points scored on Sunday. Yeah, and I don't think there's anything to really be down on the Cowboys. I mean, we knew that that Cowboy-Ram game was going to be a competitive game against two really good teams. Uh, Rams opening up their new stadium. And to be perfectly honest, we're one questionable pass interference Call at the end of that game from the Cowboys walking away with a win, um, and, and, and everything was everything was you know everything fine in right. Dallas. So um, I think that you don't want to look too deep into it. Um, yeah, I think that uh, Dak could have some fun this week. We saw that Falcon defense really struggle uh, to contain Metcalf and Russell Wilson and Lockett. Um, so the, the Cowboys definitely have the tools to exploit that Atlanta secondary. Um, Atlanta's going to have to ball control uh, kind of keep Dak off the field to kind of stay in this game. Well, I mean, if you look at the game, though, last week against Seattle, I mean, Ryan had a decent game. I mean, he threw for almost It was a little bit in garbage time. Yeah, he threw for almost 500 yeah. yards. I really was impressed, though, with Calvin Ridley. And I think when you talk about maybe the best complimentary receiver to a star out there, maybe it's him. I mean, he's and really it, emerged to that to that upper echelon young receiver. It was Russell Gage. Uh, Gage, Gage, right. Yep. Had, a, had a big yep. day. Um, didn't see much out of the new tight end. But uh, Atlanta's definitely got the offensive weapons. Their problem's going to be much like the Carolina problem. Right. Can they stop uh, opposing offenses? Right. Now we're going to move to the 49ers and Jets. I mean, I was a little bit disappointed in the Niners. I mean, 10-0. Um, but... God, Murray just ran around back there. He had 91 yards rushing. Uh, Hopkins had more receptions than he's ever had before. And they kind of torched that defense a little bit. That defense was on the field a lot. San Francisco isn't healthy offensively, but defensively with a 10-0 lead against the Cardinals, I was kind of surprised at the way that they played. They've got a lot of injuries at wide receiver. Um, that offense struggled, but they're playing against a Jet team that really struggles. I mean, you look at the injuries that they have. No Le'Veon Bell. That offensive line is banged up. Um, this could be a game for maybe the 49ers to get well against the Jets on the road, where they're almost a touchdown favorite yeah, as well. Yeah, I think that they're just looking to get out of the week with a win. You talked about all their injuries. They're really banged up. We saw Kittle uh, get banged up in that uh, in that first half. Um, obviously, the problems at wide receiver. So we might see a lot of running, uh, you know, run the ball, get out of get out of New York with a win. Um, 
the Jets, yeah, are the Jets, and now they have no Le'Veon Bell, and we're going to see Frank Gore, and he's 62 running the football for them. Wow. And Perryman, and, and you know, they, <laughs> they, they were able to kind of hang um, and in there with the Bills, but the Bills eventually wore them down, and I kind of probably see the same thing here. And I think you're going to have a pretty uh, – upset Niner team didn't didn't think they were going to lose that first game didn't expect to lose that first game and it's going to be very important for them to get a win as um, obviously the Seattle and uh, Arizona in their own division were able to get wins in week one we, you know with Gore though I mean he and came Rams, up with too. the 49ers so I mean it's a little bit of a you know I want to show you that I still have a little bit left in the tank and and uh, Gore has actually not looked bad the last couple of years and I think in, in Bell's case he didn't look good last year didn't look good in week one we'll see how, how Gore uh, performs here now you have the Bills and the Dolphins we're going to move to the AFC East that Bills team was mighty impressive. I mean, defensively, we knew they were stout. But now you've got Josh Allen, who threw for over 300 yards. They've got a two-handed monster in the backfield with Singletary and Zach Moss. You added Stephon Diggs to, to Cole Beasley and, and Smokey Brown. They've got some talent around them with that defense. It's an impressive team. Dolphins had a chance for a late, cut, a late cover, and Fitzpatrick got picked off in the end zone. You just wonder how many, if the Dolphins struggle for the first month of the season, do you start hearing that chatter of maybe uh, Tua getting an opportunity to play oh, I, I earlier think... rather than later, depending on how they do? But this, this Bills team is mighty impressive. Start with the Bills, and I, I think the Bills... It's gonna. It's just gonna be the Josh Allen show when Josh Allen is on, and they're doing the things they're supposed to do and not turning the ball over. They're gonna be in games because of that defense. Um, if he's going to fumble the ball or have you know bad reads and bad throws, they've got the weapons on offense. Um, the big addition of Diggs and, and you talked about Zach Moss coming in. So you know they're gonna stay fresh in that backfield. That defense is good. Um, Miami is gonna be a five and a half, six point dog here. Again, played with that Patriot team who has really now switched to a much more of a running team than a, than a passing team. Although I think they've kind of always been that way, we just right. uh, you know focused on Brady so much. They're defensive um, and they control the clock and they run right. The 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 Preston Williams and Devontae Parker both were. I don't know that they were at 100% against that. Uh, Parker missed a lot of the game, but he's supposed to be yeah. back this week, it looks like. That Patriots secondary is one of the best, and obviously now they're going to have to go up against the Bills secondary, which is one of the best. Uh, but going down to Miami for some reason is never um, an easy trip for some teams. Um, you know, So we'll see how that – I don't know if they're having fans down there or not, but uh, Fitzpatrick finds a way to make things happen and keep them in games. Uh, so they, I, they added some running back stuff down there, too. We saw Howard, Brieta, right. and um, kind of they had a third running back in the mix that had a really good game for them. I think it actually yeah, led them in carries. Yeah, those two guys are kind of the, the two, the, the main guys. But, but for me, it, you're right. It's Josh Allen. And, and no game for me more last year was the game on Thanksgiving against Dallas when they went into Dallas and pretty much manhandled the Cowboys. But it was that fumble. If you remember fourth and, you know, from maybe like the 40 or 45, he fumbled, picked the ball up, his own fumble, and was able to jump over the pile to get a first down. I love his moxie. I mean, he's a kid that even, you know, this week after a win, he's saying, I still can get better. And I think that's a great sign when you've got a young quarterback like that and they've given him the tools. I think drafting Zach Moss and, and adding Stephon Diggs has really helped that team and, and will help him grow. Um, we're going to move on now to the NFC North. Lions and Packers. Uh, Lions probably should have beaten the Bears. They had the big lead. Uh, it's their M.O. They lost last year week one, or they tied against the Cardinals after that big lead. They led the Chiefs, I think, week four, lost that game. They had the big lead against the Bears, made Mitchell Trubisky look like you know an unbelievable quarterback um, in that fourth quarter where he came back. But these two teams play, you know, they play twice every year. Last year, the Packers were 2-0 and against the Lions. And do you know that they never led for one second in either one of those two games? 
until they won on a last-minute field goal. So, I mean, the Lions have played well with this team, but it's just the Lions. And then you talk about the other side, the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers, we're going to draft your replacement. You're done. We didn't add anything to help you, but he just went out and threw four touchdown passes and looked like Aaron Rodgers of old. Um, and they're almost a touchdown favorite here against the Lions. Yeah, I think the Lions, the big addition was Adrian Peterson and him getting the bulk of the carries over on Johnson and the young um, Swift out of the Georgia. Swift, and right. and uh, he dropped a key pass at the end of that game. Um, Bears looked awful for three and a half quarters and then uh, Anthony Miller and, and Robinson made some absolutely outstanding catches to get them back in the game. Um, you know, if that secondary struggled against Trubisky and, and those Bears receivers, they're in for a world of hurt right. against Devontae Adams who just absolutely torched uh, the Minnesota Vikings and um, when you can have Adams running those routes and still have that threat of Jones and some of those other young younger receivers and Lazard. And, and, yeah. and Lazard, yeah, they've got some talented young kids. Not the marquee guy that, that Rodgers wanted, but they they still have some good young receivers. And we talk, you talk about you know the fact that we were talking about have Dak Prescott having a chip on his shoulder for not getting paid and Lamar having a chip on his shoulder for trying to come back and and, uh, and, and be back at the top of the AFC. I think Aaron Rodgers, uh, that drafting of love, uh, has him uh, re-motivated. And uh, I think that uh, the, the, the NFC North is in uh, some trouble uh, with Aaron Rodgers, motivated with some weapons. It's funny you said that, but before the season when we did a segment of bookends, I kind of alluded to that, that I could see Green Bay being 8-8 eight and eight and Rodgers not having a great season. Or on the flip side, I could see him leading the league in touchdown passes, and he's that kind of guy, especially with a chip on his shoulder. Well, the big thing is they're offensively they're there. Their their big thing is the rushing stop defensive rush uh, or defensive stopping the running game. Um, even the I think Adrian Peterson had 93 yards if I'm remembering the stats correctly. He did, yeah, that's so correct. you know that they were able to run the football effectively against them, and that was what the problem was: is that other teams were able to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. They were able to run the football, and then they were always in chase mode and then Rodgers was getting all the pressure on him and wasn't able to do what he does And but if they can stay in games and be able to work that um, passing game along with the running game and play action um, that's when those other teams are going to be in trouble we're going to jump down to the, to the Giants and Bears. I know we talked about getting back to the book and putting a prop up with Aaron Donald. Maybe we should put a prop up between Daniel Jones and Mitchell Trubisky, who's going to turn the ball over more <laughs> in this game because they've both shown that that is their bugaboo, that they're going to continue to turn it over. Jones, as we talked about, had the two bad turnovers. I thought Trubisky looked a little bit better uh, for three quarters, though. You know, if they lose that game, and they don't come back, you have to wonder how loud the chatter would have been this week for Nick Foles. This is the first time, I think, in a decade that there isn't one opening quarterback that was either replaced or benched or going to miss week two because of an injury. So they stayed relatively healthy, but this is the one that I have to think after three quarters, Trubisky was looking at the sideline, wondering if there was gonna make, they were going to make a move to Foles. Um, it's a big game for both teams. Giants 0-1 in this game. Barkley wants to get going again. Uh, Bears defense I didn't think was great against the Lions. Khalil Mack still didn't look like the Khalil Mack of two years ago. Um, it looks like Robert Quinn might play this week. Um, I think it's a big game for both teams, but at least the Bears did get the win. It was ugly, but they do come into this game 1-0, and and this is their home opener uh, against the Giants. Yeah, and again, we talk about all those weapons the Giants had. The Steelers' defense really shut them down. They're coming off of a short week and against the Steelers' defense that I think really kind of physically beat them up. And, you know, you go through the, the years of dominant defenses when uh, when the Ravens and the Ray Lewis defenses and that Steeler defense and the Seattle defenses, when teams come off playing those super physical defenses, um, 
they they tend to struggle that next week. And so you add the Giants to a short week and coming off a kind of a, a physical beating from the, from the Steelers. And that's why I think you see the Bears are a five-and-a-half, six-point favorite in this game, a five, five-and-a-half-point favorite in this game, uh, just because of the kind of bounce back that the Giants have to face. But the Giants have the, the weapons on offense. So if the Bears can't contain those guys, and I, I don't think you're going to hold – uh, Barkley, Barkley down to six right. yards again this week, so um, I think this is going to be a really good Andrew game. Andrew Peterson at ninety three yards, so you could see Barkley getting a yep. little healthier. This is too, this though. is I, I think this game comes down to the kicking game and, and something late. Yep, uh, we're going to look at the Colts Vikings now. Um, this is a game for me. I think you make a case that we have the wrong favorite in the game. That I think this this game comes down as well. Uh, here's an interesting stat too: Philip Rivers in his career against a Mike Zimmer coach team, zero and five. And they're a favorite here. They were disappointing in week one against the Jags. They got beat outright. Uh, Vikings got manhandled by the Packers. Um, They've lost a lot of guys on defense. Their entire top three corners are no longer there. Um, They had the contract holdout with Delvin Cook in the offseason. They've gotten that taken care of. No Stephon Diggs, just Thielen. But I I think you look at these two quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins and Phillip Rivers, and they both need to take the next step to help these two teams. But Phillip Rivers looked like the same old Phillip Rivers with two really bad turns turnovers last week against the Jags. Well, it's much like that Falcons-Cowboys game. you got two good teams. Both started off 0-1. The Colts and Vikings were both expected to contend for their divisions. Obviously disappointing uh, openers for them. Um, the Vikings, you said it, they couldn't stop the pass. Um, the good thing for them is Phillip Rivers really looked like the Philip Rivers, Rivers right. that, that was in the playing for the Chargers last year and, and almost pulling. He looked his, every bit of 40 again, too. I think. Much like yeah. Jameis Winston just throwing the ball to the wrong team at, at key times. Um, so the, the the Colts want to run the ball. They lose a big piece in Mac. Um, still have Taylor and Hines. They have the pieces of the puzzle there to try and run the ball with a great offensive line. Uh, but it looked like the secondary was the problem for the Vikings. And can Phillip Rivers exploit that? And that's not their game. Yeah, though. they want to run, great. and that's that's kind of run into the strength of the Vikings. And on the other side of the ball, um, Jaguars did a really good job. Um, on both sides. They, they didn't have to throw a ton, but when they did throw, Minshew was on and able to throw touchdown right. passes, and they were able to control the clock, and the, and the rookie Robinson had a really good game. So I, I think we could see a lot of Dalvin Cook here um, really leaning on that. Uh, Ground control, ground control, ground control, keeping the uh, Colts offense off the field. I, this could be what I think is a low-scoring game. Again, I think this number starts to come down, yep. too. I think there's some value on the Vikings getting points um, in this one, but we'll have to wait and see. Next game is Jags-Titans. Um, Jags, again, we touched on them a little bit just now. and Minshew, he still had the three touchdown passes. So much for a tank for Trevor because they ended up winning uh, week one. Um, Robinson is the running back after after they let Fournette go. They've got some good young receivers. Cheneau got into the mix. Uh, uh, DJ Chark scored a touchdown. You have to like Minshew. I mean, he really comes out there and plays uh, defensively. I mean, they've lost so many guys in the last couple of years that were pro bowlers, um, but they got the win. Titans look like kind of the same Titan team to me. Didn't target A.J. Brown as much. Henry still had, you know, he had a bunch of carries, but he was over 100 yards. Um, I still like that team. I think that... When you look at the AFC, um, I know it's, it's Ravens and Chiefs, but after that, that Steelers and Titans are kind of right there for me. I think the Titans' offense has to score more to compete with the Ravens and Chiefs, but I think they're an awfully good team, and they're a pretty big favorite here against yeah, the Jags. Yeah, big, big favorite over the Jags. I think the number didn't wasn't expecting the number to come that high. It actually was 10.5 um, before the Titans played um, the Monday night game, and now it's dropped down to 8.5, 9 um, is where it's sitting right Although now. Although if Goskowski doesn't miss those field goals, they, they win by double digits. Yeah, so. and, and do you know, 
what's your what's your thought process this week on right. do I put my money on the Titans with Goskowski having trouble with that field goals and what and what do they do? But again, it's a divisional game with a big number, um, and obviously this Jacksonville team isn't going to just lay down and quit um, and be the you know the team that everybody expected that they were just going to get run over every week. Um, you know those guys came out and played hard against the Colts on the road, and um, so I, I think this could be a competitive game. And, and like you said, Minshew, he's got. No cares, no worries. He just goes out there and has a, has a good time playing football, and uh, I think that's what, what you like to see, and that's going to keep them in every game. My, my guess is we'll be Jags fans when that game kicks. Um, we're going to look at some of the late games now. It's the, uh, I don't want to make the mistake, but it's the Washington football team against the Cardinals. Um, we touched on the Cardinals earlier, that big win they had um, in San Francisco. Um, now they go up against another good defense. Uh, they they kind of shredded that Niner defense again. And you look at Washington again, eight sacks. Chase Young had one and a half sacks. Kerrigan looked phenomenal defensive player of the week defensively they are really really good you got uh you've got mclaren uh, as a wide receiver you've got some young backs there gibson um to go along with uh, Dwayne haskins at quarterback offensively they have to get a little bit better and this is another big test for that defense because i don't think offensively they're going to score a ton of points they're about a touchdown underdog here at the cardinals they they didn't start off particularly well against the eagles in that game um and then after they came out after halftime they really dominated and that team was playing on an emotional ride playing for Ron Rivera and some of the things that he's going through. Um, This Cardinal team that they're going up against this week is a is a different animal. Uh, we talked about the Eagles having a little bit of injuries on their side of the ball and I think this Cardinal team is ready to take the next step. Um, They're going to have some issues on the defensive side of the ball occasionally, but that offense, you talked about Kyler Murray running around and able to wear down that Niner defense. It looked like a schoolyard the way he was running with, around back with there. With Drake, with that power run, and Chase Edmonds out of the backfield, and we saw Hopkins go absolutely bananas. And, it's hard to and, believe that was the most receptions he's ever had. We ended up 14. 14 so right. Murray clearly looking for him, and that's, you know, he's, we know he has those other weapons, and so Fitzgerald and Kirk, Kirk and, right, yeah. you know, but so the matchup must have just fit for, for him to continue to go after Hopkins and target Hopkins, and I think Arizona is going to be an exciting team, and I think that that West, uh, great. It, I mean, between Seattle, the Rams, the Niners, and Arizona, it's going to be a battle. Uh, yeah, I think it's one who of the comes best out of there. Yeah. yep, I agree. I agree. Um, another late game: the, uh, the Ravens and Texans. Um, Texans had a little bit more time to rest. Yeah, who's played. the schedule maker for the poor Texans? I, I know, I know. <laughs> the the only thing that maybe plays into their favor a little bit. Is could it be just a little bit of a look back, uh, look a ahead. look ahead? Because the Ravens play the Chiefs the following week, so it could be a little bit of a look ahead. But well, I think if you're if you're on the Texans or the Chargers this week, you're telling yourself no, that the Chiefs and, ahead. and Ravens right, are yeah. looking ahead. Right. Um, it was the so the Ravens last year came out and blew out. Uh, Miami in that first game. Correct, yeah. And then I don't remember if it was week two or week three, and then they went back and lost to the Browns. I think it was I think it was week three. They okay. lost at home 40 to 25 so, you to the know, Browns, right. Where they had that big win and then kind of had just right. a, a little bit of a setback. And obviously the Texans, the, you know, the other thing is that they have the extra rest of that three days to go and, and look and, and try and figure out right. a way to stop Lamar Jackson. Uh, but again, these are two. You know, seven plus point spreads. I believe um, the two highest paid quarterbacks in the league now, too, going head to head in this game. So I think Watson, you know, wants to show something as well. Uh, Will Fuller had a good game. David Johnson had a good game. But uh, this is a tough test to have to stop Lamar Jackson. Yeah, they that they looked 
down against the Chiefs. They didn't look like they could stop that offense, and they've got another offense that looks a lot like, not that's the right. passing game from the Chiefs. Um, the, the young Edwards Hilaire looked fantastic, and so now the Ravens add that Dobbins to Ingram uh, to go along with Lamar Jackson's rushing. Andrews um, at tight end who had two touchdowns. They're really, know, really good. So the, te- the Texans, the, this is a, a, a tough ask to go back-to-back Chiefs-Ravens. Right. Not a way that any team would want to have to start the season. Um, right. So uh, not going to fault them at all if they fall 0-2, and then they're really going to have to uh, find a way to back through week three um, we're gonna look at now the Chiefs Chiefs Chargers uh, Chargers will be their first home game in in SoFi Stadium uh, we've talked a little bit about the Chiefs and you know could this be a look-ahead game for them Chargers won ugly I mean they did not play great in that game and I think we talked a little bit about Miami what I'm getting to is you know when will it become two a time Taylor just you know it, he a lot was checked down a lot was under we talked about it last yes. week so you have to wonder you know when do they go to Justin Herbert I mean is it you know will you see him after maybe four weeks or six weeks or at the bye um if they need to make that change um Eckler didn't get a lot of work um they didn't target him a lot on the backfield like Rivers did defensively though they're really good I mean we talked about Burrow and the five missed deep passes but he was going up against you know Bosa and, and Ingram and a really good secondary in that game that's one of the most talented D's I think in the league too that it's kind of underrated a little bit, um, but the Chiefs are the favorite here. They look to go two and zero. Ravens look to go two and zero and set up that showdown for Week Three. Well, if you had Burrow miss all five of his long balls that were that were there, I mean, he, they had chances had, to complete he had those a passes. Great opportunity. That doesn't bode well if you're having to stop. Tariq Hill and Watkins and those guys running those same routes because Patrick Mahomes isn't going to go 0 for 5 on his deep balls. Um, he's going to find a way to hook up with those guys. Uh, we saw it in week one against the Texans team, and now you add this this running back uh, it, to the mix. Um, you know They're just a dangerous team, and if Tyrod Taylor can't light up that scoreboard to match Mahomes, um, this could get ugly the same way the, the Texans got ugly in week right. one. Yeah. Uh, now the, uh, the Sunday night game with I think you can make a case is the best game of the week. We talked about last week um, that, that the Saints-Bucks game was the best game of the week. Man, Patriots-Seahawks, Cam Newton, Russell Wilson. Patriots, you know, they just did what they normally do. They, It's not flashy. Even with, with Brady, I mean, it would be kind of an ugly win in many cases. They dominate when they run the ball. They still have, you know, a good running team. Um, Newton added the, the couple of rushing touchdowns. Didn't have to throw a lot. Defensively, they're really good. And now you go up against Russell Wilson with DK Metcalf, who's an emerging young star, uh, Lockett, uh, Chris Carson had two touchdowns. I think it's a great Sunday night game. The one thing that really hurt Seattle, no 12th man. Um, that's such a tough venue to play on, especially on a, on a primetime game. But this is a, a great matchup Sunday night, and I'm sure we'll have some some cool props up with, uh, with both Russell Wilson and Cam Newton. Yeah, Russell Wilson... I had to play him in both the fantasy leagues. That <laughs> play I against him. Play against him right, yeah. in both the fantasy leagues. So he he uh, kind of put it to me this week. Uh, but they looked awesome. I who you played against who had him. Yeah, just... yep. you had him. <laughs> but you did win. <laughs> so. um, but, no, they, they looked good against Atlanta. Russell Wilson was able to run around, complete a lot of passes. This is a different defense than what they saw in week one. Um, you talked about the fact that there's not going to be that fan base up there. I think that's why we see this as only a four-point spread. I think you know normally we'd be talking about Seattle having a, a three to three-and-a-half point advantage when they're playing in the home games, and this game could be even more. Um, but I think for the Patriots, they're going to want that control the football, keep uh, that, that defense uh, or keep that 
Seattle right. offense off the field. Um, Metcalf's going to have to go up probably against the the secondary even locked With up. Gilmore, so yeah. yeah, so we'll see if uh, Lockett or the tight ends can can play a big part in this game. And obviously Chris Carson, you know, is coming off the hip surgery, looked good in Week One. He only had six carries though. Both his both his touchdowns were, were catches out of the field, yeah. backfield. Yeah, um, but again, it's Russell Wilson just makes that team so dangerous. And Russ Cook on, holding the, holding <laughs> right. the ball. Uh, but I, I do like this matchup. I think it's a good game because I think it tests that. Um, that Seahawk defense to see what they're going to do to be able to stop that running game of the Patriots. When was the last time the Patriots were over a field goal underdog? I, I can't remember, to be honest with you. I should have looked that up before we did the segment, but I can't remember. Now we're going to look at the Monday night game. It's the Saints and the Raiders here. I mean, how much fun would that have been? Uh, you know, the, the hype and, and the atmosphere to be able to, to go to that game. I mean, I know we had talked about it long ago that it would have been so cool um, to, to go to the first game. And we get to see the new stadium, Legion Stadium, which, which looks phenomenal. I mean, it just looks beautiful. Raiders playing their their home opener here. The Saints, who I didn't think looked great against the Buccaneers. I thought those two turnovers by Brady were a little costly. And, you know, we've talked about it off air that I I thought Rivers looked every bit of, you know, 40-plus. Brady did, but I thought Breeze did too. I don't think he looked great in that game. Um, Excuse me. Michael Thomas is banged up. Looks like he's going to miss this game. So that'll hurt offensively a little bit. And you're starting to see this number trickle down just a bit. You wonder if it's, is there value with the Raiders? Is it because it's their home opener? Is it because it's our local team? But uh, it's kind of interesting to see the dynamic of the way this game has been bet so far early on. Well, you're talking about the the home opener for the Rams last week, and they bet the Rams and that kind of excitement of, of opening right. your home stadium. And obviously the Raiders get that. When we um, saw the initial schedule against the Saints, um, I think we had the Saints a seven-point right. favorite mm-hmm. over the Raiders. Um, and obviously now, now that opening number has kind of come down. Um, I don't think the Raiders looked – particularly good in week one against Carolina. Obviously, they were able to come out of their own win. they were expected to win. Yeah, um, but defensively to give up 30 points to Carolina, uh, who's got some weapons, but, uh, you know, you've got a a Saint team that's got even more weapons. They'll be without one in Michael Thomas, but still um, plenty of weapons there in Camara and and, uh, Manuel Sanders and and a lot of those guys. this is going to come down to, to defense. And, and, again, can Jacobs run the ball, keep Drew Brees off the field? Um, and But you talked about the, the quarterbacks, and we talked about Rivers struggling, Brady struggling, uh, Brees struggling, and you just start to wonder what do training camps and preseason games right. do to get out? I mean, these are veteran guys that shouldn't come out with, with struggles, but maybe there's the arms aren't loose. And, you know, we saw a Roethlisberger who, who looked, looked good after the first quarter, but Roethlisberger really didn't play all last he year. He said everything hurt but his arm <laughs> after the game. So, so you know, you start to just wonder who, how who, how was the preparation for these teams. And as we go after week one and week two and week three, will we start to see these guys really start to catch fire and, and be um, in football shape and, and that type of stuff to get their, their games going? Right. Interesting game to match. And just, you know, this game being here and being that it's the Raiders, you guys look out for, uh, you know, Monday because we are going to have Propatopia. Oh, this yeah. Game so it is going to be just pages of kind of fun props involving everybody. It won't be quite as big as that packet on that big football game in February, but it's going to be pretty cool. So if you like props, this is going to be a game to look out for both on the mobile app and in all of our sports books uh, come Monday afternoon. Yeah, we prep the team. They'll be, you know, 
all the guys, all the offensive weapons for the Raiders to to score a touchdown, a yes no to score a touchdown. We'll have yardage on all the players and cars, passing yards, touchdown off, right. passes. Um, hopefully, we can come up with a with a sack prop or an interception right. prop sure or, we'll be creative. or something be like that. Fun. But yeah, we're we're gonna kind of really uh, push the issue on the Raiders props, kind of the same way we did with the Golden Knights props. So you'll see a lot of props on our home teams, a lot of different ways to bet the game, a lot of special point spreads. Right. Uh, so some fun stuff both on the app yeah, and over the counter. To it. That'll be fun. Uh, we're gonna look at we're gonna jump to basketball. Now, one thing for uh, before we get to basketball, I wanted to mention. I, I think that this is a a big teaser um, weekend. Um, obviously, sixteen games, and I think twelve of those games. Let me just interject one sec. When you say that, that's great because one of the questions that was actually emailed in was, "What exactly is a teaser?" So it's, okay. you know, it's a great opportunity to kind of touch on that. Yeah, we talk we talk about where we're at in the NFL from a, a point spread standpoint. So we when we say the San Francisco 49ers are minus seven at the Jets, obviously the Niners have to win by seven or more. And when you talk teaser standpoint, you can take that Niners minus seven and tease it by six, six and a half or seven points. So if you tease it by seven points, you take the 49ers from minus seven, teased by seven points down to a pick them. And so you hook those up with other teasers and two team teasers all the way up to an eight team teaser. Um, and the prices are slightly reduced, That's but the, drawback, but the course, Niners right. don't have to win by eight or more. They just have to win the game right. for you. So when we talk about a teaser weekend, we've got 12 games this week that are a five and a half to nine point favorite. So you can take those five and a half sixes, six and a half and sevens down to a pick them. And you can take those eights, eight and a half and nines down to two, two and a half. So essentially you've got 12 games where you've got favorites that all you have to do is pick them to win the game. Kind of like a money line parlay, but you can do it from a teaser standpoint. So I think this is going to be a, a really big week where we're going to see a lot of people teasing a lot of games just because we have so many of those six and seven point favorites. Um, so I think from a underdog standpoint, the books are going to be cheering for one of those seven point dogs to win outright the way we saw last week in, in several of those matchups. Um, but again, it's a different feel this week in that you got those seven point favorites or, or eight and a half point favorites. So the book are going to be looking for you know one of those underdogs from a, a Chargers, a Texans, a Jets, a right. Dolphins, one of those teams to win outright to be able to kill those teasers. So I think we're going to be uh, kind of cheering for the the <laughs> underdogs this week even more to beat the teaser bets. Yeah, as you said, I mean we, we had three last week: uh, the Cardinals, uh, the Jags, and the Eagles, or the Red, or the Washington Football Team, which were all really big. We haven't named underdog yet, but teaser might be kind of an appropriate <laughs> name for them. But um, another before we jump to hoops too, another thing. With, with football is that we kind of run that uh, minus a, a nickel vig special and, and same thing we got a question that came in is what is that exactly um, you can go ahead and touch on it it's kind of a cool thing it gives you an opportunity to lay a little bit less juice but explain how it yeah, works we, we've been offering what we call our nickel special for an hour um, normally on Thursdays and Fridays trying to pick out one of the marquee games for the weekend Thursday you know looking at that Thursday night game to give you a, a kind of start to the weekend to be able to jump in and find, find a winner on Thursday night and then Saturday or Sunday or Friday finding a game for Saturday or Sunday as the college season starts to get a little bit bigger with a nickel game there. And all that really means is when you're playing the point spread on both sides, it's it's Niners minus seven minus a dollar ten or Jets plus seven minus a dollar ten. So you're betting hundred and ten dollars to win a hundred or eleven to win ten. And all we're doing with the nickel juice is not making you lay that eleven to win ten. We're going to only make you lay ten dollars and fifty cents to win ten or hundred and five to win hundred. So you're getting a little bit of a, a discount on the game. Way to drive you in. Way to have some fun. Uh, look for it on the mobile app too because it'll be something that we kind of yeah. send out there on social media or send out there on the mobile app to kind of target what those games are. And and I, I think you know you look at it. We talk 
talked about um, the props that we're going to have for the Raider game, kind of what a teaser is and what the nickel vig is, kind of some cool things that you can look at it as, as well in the upcoming weeks for football season. Yeah, again, they're, they're, it's, it's promotions. We want to try and give all the people on the app and over the counter some special things to look forward to. Um, you know, we've added our, our parlay cards. A lot of uh, the places around town aren't offering their weekly right. parlay cards anymore um, with the limited schedule. And we're proud to still be offering our half point, our ties win, our teaser, our mega teaser, and the Sunday, Monday night kind of parlay card. So those are both available on the app and in the book. So again, if you're the parlay card player and like chasing those uh, eight teamers, 10 teamers, 15 teamers <laughs> going after those big payouts, um, you know, we're happy to put those out there um, and have fun with the parlay cards. Great. Uh, we kind of touched on football quite a bit now. We're going to jump to basketball. But before we get into the uh, uh, the NBA, God, you got to talk about the WNBA. I mean, our aces are, you know, the number one seed. Um, it's going to be fun, too. There'll be, you know, there'll be lines on all their games as well. So don't forget about, we, we were kind of talked about, you know, Knights, Raiders, Aces, Knights are gone. We'll touch about that in hockey. But you still have the aces going on, so it's going to be kind of cool. We joke about it all the time, and it, I'm amazed at the number of requests to put um, the WNBA up yep. on the big screens and the fan bases um, that they've built and, uh, and the wagering that's going on in the WNBA. So the, the, the betters are finding ways to win on those WNBA games, and that's why they want them up there, and that's why they want to watch them. And having the, the local team doing so Tremendous. well and playing so well um, is is uh, leading to even more of that. So looking forward to uh, continuing to highlight the, the WNBA. Now looking at the NBA, I mean, you, know, you look at the Eastern Conference first, and God, that, that game one between the Heat and the Celtics was unbelievable for me. And, you know, we've been sports fans our entire life. I mean, we played it, we watched it, and we're in the industry now, and that block by Bam Abajaju was unbelievable. I mean, it's one of the best blocks I've ever seen. I mean, it looked like Tatum had a dunk. I mean, his arm strength and uh, the block was phenomenal. I mean, that was a terrific game, and Miami ends up stealing game one. Well, it was one of the best blocks you've ever seen because we needed the heat like crazy. <laughs> um, everybody, it was like they had the tomorrow's newspaper and had come out to bet the Celtics. Um, you know, and we talked about. I had talked about that. I, th I thought the Heat were the bottom four of that East between Toronto and Milwaukee and Boston, and and obviously they've caught fire and. Um, Jimmy Butler and, and them have come to play, and they scored 16 points in the third quarter. I think Boston had a 14-point lead going into the fourth, and uh, obviously Miami just found their groove and, and uh, able to steal kind of game one. Um, but, yeah, what a what a big game for us uh, on uh, – you know, in that, in that game. Really a good fourth quarter in that game. And then when you look out west, it's going to be, um, you know, Nuggets-Lakers. We thought it was going to be Clippers-Lakers all along. We had talked about that. And you talk about a Nugget team that was down 3-1 to the Jazz, came back to win. Down 3-1 to the Clippers, came that back to win. They're kind of an intriguing team a little bit. They've been under the radar. Um, and, you know, it's going to be an interesting series against the Lakers. Well, they're going to find themselves in the exact same situation they were against the Clippers. They're going to be about a 7-9 to nine point underdog in each one of these games and the Clippers were that same way and just weren't able to get it done I mean not very often that Horrendous you see, fourth quarter. You know, see teams take a 3-1 lead when you're the number one seed in the you know in the west and then blow a 3-1 lead but you know got to give congratulations to the Nuggets there was there were some big bets on the Nuggets I think when they were down three to one they were as high as 15 to one to come back and win that series and we took some action there um, so we'll see if they can continue to get it done against this Laker team um, you know they're just shooting out of their mind and, and playing good solid defense but you have to ask yourself what happened to the Clippers and, and what went on in that locker room um, what went on in that fourth quarter to see right. George and, and Kawhi kind of fall apart uh, no, I don't think anybody expected think Leonard had what 14 points in that game and, and, and I think when you go back to the entire basketball season 
you have to think about both the Bucks and the Clippers, that not playing at home and having the home crowds behind them and how good the Bucks were um, when they played home games. Did the bubble kind of affect them a little bit in well, a negative way? We, we know at the beginning of the bubble it affected the Clippers. They were, they were one of the teams that were kind of really disorganized and, and Patrick Beverly and some of the other stuff that was going on there, you know, I don't know. I thought that they had found their groove. I, I spoke about Doc Rivers kind of lighting them up right. um, in the in early, uh, in the, I think it was the Dallas series, um, and they kind of found themselves uh, from a defensive standpoint. Um, but to take a 3-1 lead and, and look like you're you know, vastly in control of that series and allow the Nuggets to come back and, and win it was you know, just really, really shocking. Right. Not, not to get too far ahead, and we know, you know um, there's a lot of basketball left, but God, if, if it ends up being heat, and Lakers and LeBron going up against a Pat Riley, you know, GM of the of the Heat. God, it's going to be a little bit interesting. But, uh, well, but if, it's it's Bo- if it's Boston, right? I mean, yeah. two, you know, iconic, Boston Lakers. Yeah. I mean, you can talk about the history of those two. We can do some throwback props and do, you know, we're always trying to be creative and, and think about things. But um, it's so cool for us guys that all this stuff's going on. A lot more college football on the horizon. We've heard now that there's some tentative start dates around Thanksgiving for college basketball. Uh, so all good stuff. I mean, don't forget, you can send a question into station casinos uh, dot social media um, dot com I believe that's what it is and then uh, station casinos Twitter uh, you, also if you guys have any questions or anything you want to talk about we'll do our best to, to answer those questions uh, on the air yeah and the nickel line is out there you know on Twitter uh, we're posting it and I know gaming today has been doing a great job helping us out as well sending our uh, props out as well po- posting the nickel line and um, you know you still got to Address the hockey. I know. I know where we were kind of oh, right, a little right, bit, a yeah. little bit upset uh, with the. Maybe I forgot about it intentionally. The end of the season <laughs> right. um, for the Knights. I thought that they uh, played well enough to, uh, to win the series. I, I think that you just, it's a razor thin line between winning games and losing games yeah. in the National Hockey League at this point. And um, I, I think you even see that in the Islanders Lightning series right now. And these games going to overtime, it's a it's a puck here, it's a bounce here, it's a post here. Um, you know, they they played well enough to win and, and taking a two nothing lead in that game, I thought that, you know, we were Same. looking to another game and yeah. Dallas just found a way. And you gotta tip your hat um, to the way the stars played and uh, the Knights will regroup and you know I, I people talk about Leonard blowing it or DeBoer blowing it. And, you know, I think we've been spoiled here we, we we've been have. we've been hockey fans for a long yeah. time and obviously big Blackhawks fans and you know you you see the Knights go to the playoffs three times in three years losing a Stanley Cup final lose to, to the Western Conference, Western Conference Finals, final twice, and obviously right. the way they went out against the Sharks uh, you know last year um, you know wasn't a wasn't a great way to go out uh, on that uh, the power play or the penalty kill um, but really spoiled to, to watch right. the Knights play the way they have in three years and they've been fantastic been fast, fantastic for the fan base and I'm I'm just excited and, and already looking sure. forward to, to next right. year and see what they bring and see what pieces of the puzzles kind of mix but from a Knights fan base you know I don't think there's anything to be upset about you saw the team play really really good hockey and just get beat by a better team. I think, you know, the upsetting part, I, I think, to the fan base is the fact that they were seated number one, and everyone kind of expected them to move on to the next level. And I agree. They didn't play bad. I think it is going to be. I know I'm excited to see next season as well, but I think it's going to be an interesting off season. What ultimately does happen with Leonard and Fleury, um, you know, they have some question marks as far as the salary goes. So it's not going to be a quiet off season for the Knights either. And there's a real chance that the guy who was the face of the franchise and more 29 jerseys, you know, that you see in the Valley and at T-Mobile is no longer a night next year. Well, you talk about at T-Mobile, and I think from a standpoint of which team got hurt by going up to that Edmonton bubble the most, 
it's probably the the Vegas Golden Knights because sure. that home ice advantage and what this Las Vegas fan base does to rock that T-Mobile, um, it's the best atmosphere in the National Hockey League. And so the Knights having to go to that bubble uh, took something away from those home games. I, I think if those games, um, if we're playing four games in Vegas and three games in Dallas, um, this series has a very, very different look. Um, I think the you know, Dallas is lucky these those games were in Edmonton and that we were in a bubble um, because if um, if the Knights are at home, um, they get that extra jump that they needed and 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 aren't uh, having some sluggish Still periods. Something you know, everybody's playing under the same kind of rules yeah. But right again, now. that that right. night home ice advantage right. is different than any other home ice it advantage is. in the National. It, it's Hockey. funny we were at a game together and we sat next to some uh, Lightning fans. It was I think over a year ago. Um, we were at one of the games and there's a bunch of Lightning fans around us and they're like, you know, we think our venue is really cool and crazy, but. Is it always like this here? And we're like, yeah. They're like, this is outrageous. It's the most fun that we've had at a hockey game. It's the loudest. It's it's Vegas esque. It's a little bit over the top, but it is kind of cool and it does give them a decisive. We actually advantage. got it. We actually got a shout out from our friend Eddie Olchek. We did. We and, did. And, that was pretty and, cool. Uh, he, had, he had, was talking about the Las Vegas fans and, and said that everybody out there watching at the Red Rock, you know, would be enjoying the game. So it was cool to get a uh, kind of station casinos Red Rock Edzo. shout out from right. Edzo. Yeah. yeah, it was really cool. Really cool. Well, we just finished another segment of bookends. He's Jason McCormick. I'm Chuck Esposito. I think he's teaser, but uh, it's good to have him out here. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks.